I'm a drag queen. Of course I have the tea. You know what they say. If you can't make it on reality television, make a podcast about it. The stage isn't the only place I run my mouth. Bravo, queen! With Luna Muse. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bravo Queen, where me, Luna Muse, a drag queen who likes Bravo, in this case, Bravo adjacent, we're talking about the Peacock series... The Traitors, and we're talking about Season 2, Episode 7 today. Uh, usually I like to like watch the episode and lay down the recording the night of, so it's ready the next morning. Didn't do that this week, clearly, so sorry. I had a lot going on, and then I had to go see Madonna at the Celebration Tour in concert. Okay, I was busy. I was busy being a gay homosexual. Uh, <laughs> it's like a straight heterosexual, but it's a gay homosexual. Anyways, the last episode I said that I was going to be announcing something, and then it, then it was announced. Uh, obviously, I'm not the one who announces these things, but I'm so excited. Uh, if you are in the Minneapolis or Minnesota area, I am partaking in the Traders Drag Dinner with Janelle and Bergie from Season 2 of The Traders. Beep, 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 Pause for applause. Pause for applause. Okay. This is fun. This is fun stuff. Uh, I knew that they were doing this dinner, and I wasn't, um, I was just added to the cast recently, so this is fun, exciting news for me. Uh, we're doing some, uh, some Traders-themed drag. If you aren't familiar with what Flip Phone Events does, um, oftentimes we will take a theme, like the White Lotus, or, yeah, Lady Gaga, or The Sims, okay? And we theme an entire drag brunch about it, and, um, I'm very excited to see what I can do with this one. I'm hoping that I can wear a headband and squint at people, just like Pravardi, um, and uh, maybe end the night as Alan coming. Who knows? But I'm so excited. Janelle and Berkey, who are local, okay, they're local to the metro area. Uh, you can literally buy a house from Janelle from Medina Realty. I think I just saw her post. She's like one of the top top sales girlies of, uh, of her little uh, real estate uh, firm, okay? I don't think she's in my price range, but uh, <laughs> good, good for Janelle. I'm so excited to work with them. Um, I'm curious to, to meet Bergie in person and see, you know, how both of them are. But anyways, super exciting. Uh, there'll be a little link in the, the podcast about, uh, episode down below and all of my upcoming stuff is always in my link tree. So check that out, but let's get to the episode, shall we? Now, just as I maybe predicted, uh, Peter refused the offer from the traders. Dun, dun, dun. Now I, I think this like, uh, might not be the smartest thing for his game, because I do think now, you know, I think it's probably more plausible that uh, someone like a Pavardi will, like, murder him before he can win, or before he can even, like, point the finger that it's her. I think at this point, a lot of them probably have um, a finger on the, the pulse of what, you know, at least uh, Pavardi, if not both Pavardi and Phaedra, but they can't put two names out every single week, right? They have to, like, kind of check off a list when they're trying to um, exile or, or banish, sorry, the, the the traitors. So I'm a little concerned for him. He's noble. I think it proves his character uh, as a person, as a little bachelor. Uh, but I, I, I worry for Pilot Pete, okay? Okay. Uh, I do love, though, how uh, Phaedra acts as if uh, Headband uh, Pavardi is all alone in this fight. Uh, when they get the news from Alan that Peter declined, uh, it's funny because Phaedra's like, you know, it's your decision. As if, like, it's not on both of them. 
Um, and Phaedra's kind of like, ah, oh, girl, I knew I, this was a bad idea. You know, I just think it's so funny that Phaedra, this is the Phaedra show, right? And the fact that she's kind of like, oh, Pavardi, you idiot. You know, I, I think we're going to see the day where Pavardi becomes so expensible to... Expensable? Expendable. Expendable. Splendid. No. She's disposable to Phaedra. <laughs> so we get back first the next day. I love these little breakfast things. If I was a cast member, the breakfast would be where I do, like, my, like, scene study acting performance. Hell, I'd probably just, like, pretend to be a traitor if I was a faithful. Like, I just think this is such a, like, it, it's such a opening scene in Agatha Christie. I keep saying Agatha Christie. Do y'all know who that is? Um, she wrote all the murder mysteries and people do her as plays and whatnot, but I just, I love how, um, extra everyone is. And so Peter comes in, uh, and he doesn't announce that he declined or was even asked. And so Alan, uh, production, you know, Trippin and Alan's ear was saying, uh, I'll let you decide. It's also like explicitly clear that everyone thinks Pavardi is a traitor and editing or whatever, or her like, doesn't help her case because she just doubles down. She's the only one talking, uh, like, you know, demanding who is, who is the traitor, who was asked. She's, like, flipping on Peter. I just think she's, she's showing her cards. Or, you know, maybe they're just showing us, you know, just her freaking out. But I, I'm concerned about headbands. If not this episode, the next one. Thus begins one of the most cinematic, like, door farce, uh, aspects of this show I've ever seen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, didn't go to school for theater, there is such thing of, I think it's like Neil Simon, there's like door farce comedies. It's where folks are coming in and they're leaving the room and that's like what's funny is the in and out and like you just miss the person who just entered the room that you're looking for or oftentimes it's like a chase scene. That's kind of what I thought this like breakfast breakout scene was. Uh, Peter is telling his little posse that he was recruited. Phaedra walks in and Pilot Pete kicks her out, like asks, excuse me, like we're having a little chat, which I thought was so bold. Uh, and, and it just starts this whirlwind of people in and out of what rooms and, and what posse's talking about what. Uh, Trishel, uh, back in the posse, you know, because Trishel had a, had a VIP wristband, so she's able to be a part of this conversation. Uh, Trishel, who I learned was a poker player, okay? Didn't, didn't know slash didn't care enough, but she played poker. So I think people should remember that if they don't already know. But Trishel is like on Phaedra's case. Trishel is certain that Phaedra is a traitor. And I think it's interesting that oftentimes it, it's interesting to see what happens when one person is so correct in the game. This happened with the Traitors UK season one, if you watch that on Peacock, which I would highly recommend. Um, but there was one girl who was kind of like, kind of like the dummy, like she kind of came across, um, airheady and, and dumb, but she was like correct in every single traitor. And this kind of reminded me of that. Um, they're, they're really on the Pravardi and I think they're getting tunnel vision as to like the bigger picture. Um, so it's interesting to see Trishel be so correct, even though I just, I don't like Trishel. We know this, this part when MJ walks in. With her little cargo pants and, what is that, tattoo shirt? Uh, instantly memeable, right? I mean, this, this was like the meme that people were sharing this past week. She walks in like a toddler who just got a bunch of cc's of Botox injected into her face. They tell her, to, they, they ask her to leave, okay, because it's a door farce, right? It's like act two in a comedy. And she just like slowly <laughs> wobbles her way out of the room and then runs to the other group, right? Hilarious. I mean, you can't script this kind of shit. Uh, and, and then 
one of the dun 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 one of the biggest climactic parts of the episode was Sandra using the billiards table, pool table, billiards room, whatever the pool table, to like show kind of like the football uh lineup, <laughs> what was like the possible outcomes. I'm assuming she had to do this like on the beach for Survivor, you know they. They draw their little X's on sand or something. But she's using the balls to, to show her posse what their options are in regards to who they banish and how they banish. And I thought, I bet, I bet the Kansas City Chiefs were using this method on the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. They had little Taylor Swift. She was like a little, little white ball uh, up in the stands, you know. She's part of the Illuminati uh, keeping, keeping the Kansas shitty, shitty, shitty Chiefs. Oh, my God. The Kansas City Chiefs on top. <laughs> Should I talk about sports on this uh, podcast? I host, I co-host uh, a Super Bowl viewing party at a gay bar for the Super Bowl, right? One of the silliest things I've ever done. I don't think I still know how football is played, okay? But the Wicked trailer, I, I knew everything about that. I knew everything about Beyonce's little Verizon commercial. I, I pick up certain things, right? All four Timu, Timu ads, got that. But uh, the sports aspect, I just thought this is a lot of aggression and i just think if these men hugged it out maybe they'd have a better chance of winning but that's beside the point we're talking about traders not sports so sorry i digress we come to the part of the episode where we get another challenge okay and you know me these challenges uh in one ear out the other i just i just love when the housewives run around as if there's some urgency that they're just not used to uh, I did think, though, with this one especially, I, I couldn't even tell you the rules of this challenge, right? I didn't know what was happening when it was happening, and um, I think I was, like, on the verge of passing out from my illness that I, I just it, it didn't register, right? But I did think, I wonder how the camera crew, like, sets up these, you know, shots, because obviously there's a camera crew person on the other side of this mysterious pit covered with prop leaves. Uh, so I don't know if I would want to run right into the middle of the pit, right? Like, I, I just wonder, like, what does the setup look like? Obviously, they had to reset these leaves and stuff. Um, and so the whole time I was wondering, you know, what's the camera crew look like? And also, like, what kind of sneakers are they wearing that they're able to run you know, faster than, um, you know, someone like uh, Phaedra, Phaedra Parks? <laughs> How is the camera crew running so fast with these cameras? You know, these must be some good GoPros, but... Uh, we just essentially start the elimination process. Peter falls in the mud. Uh, little Trishel laughs at him. I just knew she's not an ally. She's not an ally to handsome men or trans women or probably gay people, you know? Um, so uh, we'll see if that beret stays on much longer, okay? Uh, then we get Bergy down, uh, then a bunch of others, okay? This is very funny. We got people falling in mud. Uh, we got people <laughs> being... Uh, strung up in a little uh, net. Now, I was, it was cool to see people like uh, Sheree and Phaedra uh, be scooped up in a net full of leaves. I just think it's just so not their brand, and I love to see it. Towards the end of the challenge, we have kind of two uh, strong standing duos. We've got Kevin and Sandra. You guys, Kevin, I do think Kevin is handsome, okay? I, I don't know if I'd want to, like, hear him talk ever, okay? Because I think maybe he just, he's got kind of like a Prince Charming from Shrek kind of a deal. Um, but I do think he's handsome, okay? He does chew with his mouth open, though, so that's that's not very fun. But um, we got Kevin and Sandra. Basically, Kevin is, like, 
uh, yanking, you know, like when the dog doesn't want to go for a walk, you got to yank, you got to yank the, the, the leash and the collar. Uh, that's kind of what I thought this was giving. Kevin was so dead set on winning something. And Sandra, I think, um, she was struggling. Okay. She, all, all that ball moving in the billiards room. She, she was, <laughs> she was, uh, she was tapped out. And then we got John and Pavardi, which is also a funny pairing. Uh, Pavardi with uh, the pa- Parliament John with the teeth, right? Uh, not what I would expect it. Now, this is kind of a, a conglomeration of like the, the middle floaters of the season. Like, I just never thought Kevin, Sandra, and John would last. Okay, maybe Sandra, I, I guess, I don't know a whole lot about Sandra. Um, so far, what I've seen on the show, I just, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of like middle floaters that I think, like John. John has no business being there. He's not been a part of any drama, okay? Minus the Tamara Judge. Inhaler Gate, okay, uh, but but like someone like Pervardi is so polarizing as such a clear caricature on the show. Um, we know she's either you know gonna go out with a bang or she's gonna make it all the way. Uh, but some of these people in the middle, I just thought, wow, these challenges really illuminate people that I just <laughs> don't care about. You know, like what's her face, Trishelle. I don't care about her. I would have loved to seen Janelle uh, running through this pit, knocking people over. Okay, I wanted to see. Janelle punched little John. Okay, that'd be fun. I would love to see that. But we end with a bunch of things that I just don't understand. Okay, how this how this physical challenge stuff just in one ear out the other, in one eye, out the mouth. Okay, uh, <laughs> and Sandra and Kevin uh, win shields, and then they cut to everybody standing there. Okay, like I talked before about like how I think it's funny when they have all the winds, you know, outside the castle, but they have to like they have to film outside. We get Bergy and, and Pilot Pete, they're just standing there in mud, okay? And we got all this, uh, the bugs in the background, and these poor poor dudes are shivering. Looks like they just, you know, Augustus Gloop pulled out of that little chocolate fountain tube thing. I just thought, wow, get this man a towel. Get Bergy Berg, Bergalicious, get him some kind of new sweats, because I think he's a little cold out there with the bugs in the wind, but uh, that that's the challenge. That's all I got from the challenge, okay? I, I think I was asleep for half of it, but I remember Nets, I remember a Muddy Bergy, and I remember a handsome Kevin uh, pulling around a Sandra with the braces. <laughs> we then go back to the castle. Okay, they're able to take showers and change their sweatpants. Now, this these parts of the episodes, kind of like the third quarter. Ooh, sports reference. The third quarter is kind of like my favorite viewing, okay? Because it's like that psychological warfare um, they're walking around the castle in one room, out the other. It's a door for us, right? As I said, I, I just, the, the physical challenges uh, kind of add to the show in a different way to show how people kind of fight or flight response versus I like the, like, the big brother talking, getting in each other's heads, scoping each other out, Sherlock Holmesing out the people around you. And I think one of the pivotal parts of this season is when Peter corners the two traitors in the armory. I have no doubt that he probably understands and acknowledges that these are the two traitors currently. Um, and let me tell you, Phaedra Parks and Pervarti flop. They flop. They flopped in this instance. There is no way that if I wasn't Pilot Pete, looking all handsome, sitting on a treasure chest, that I wouldn't think that these two are a traitor. And the fact that Phaedra, uh, I think we see Phaedra just like not acting well, where she's like, oh no, oh no, I can't, I can't talk about this. I just, I was amazed at how bad Pavardi and Phaedra looked in this instance. And so then we move on. They're not doing a banishment where they get to sit around the table, okay, that we learned had a moon on the top. Did y'all know that there was a moon on the top of that table? Okay, because I thought, 
I love a moon. Okay, Luna Muse uh, is literally it's drawing inspiration from the moon. Uh, but I think they should maybe change out and put a sun. You know, just for like symmetry and and just like aesthetic vibes. I just think a sun, you know, was more piratey than a moon. But um, I digress. Anyways. They're having a little tiki party in the woods, okay? Now, not to be Aaliyah Black from uh, Real Housewives of New York City, <laughs> circa season 13, but tiki torches, you know, they, they, uh, they hold a different history now that we've got all the MAGA Trump people, okay? Uh, I, don't, I don't look at the tiki torch the same because of uh, them, you know, what, trying to take over the capital with uh, tiki torches and uh, Vikings garb, but um, anyways, that's my trauma, not yours. There is no banishment tonight. Dun, dun, dun. But they're going to be putting people up on the chopping block. I think the deal is that essentially um, five people are going to be kind of on the menu for the traders, essentially. Uh, so Kevin and Sandra, since they won, they have shields, they get to save people. And one of the first people, Tiki Torched, uh, given the light, is Sheree. Now, I don't, I don't mean to be like this, okay? I love the housewives. I in this game, will acknowledge Sheree has no business still being there. I, like, I know people joke online about her not knowing what show she's on. If I was in this game with her, and I don't know if they're paid per episode, I'm assuming there's some kind of incentive for being there longer, obviously, than just winning. I'm assuming Tamara Judge was not paid the same as someone who lasts to the end episode, right? I would, I would want Sheree gone. I, maybe I'd be pointing the finger at some of these floaters and be like, I think they're a traitor. Just make something up to get them out of the way, right? Like, I guess it's just a weird psychological thing. This happens in Big Brother. It's happening in the traitors. Where these people that I just don't think are giving much of anything, whether it's good TV, whether it's drama, whether it's like contributing to the hunt of the traitors, I just, I, I got so mad that Sheree was one of the first people picked. Uh, but I, 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 in the same breath, will say that Sheree saving Phaedra, uh, oh my God, what, what a nice moment for us Bravo queens. And I, I loved it. I thought it was so heartwarming. Uh, Bravo was sharing the clip. Now, I, I have to admit, I watched like the OG seasons of Atlanta and then I think it kind of lined up with when I got really, really busy in high school. And so I kind of had to dip out. And then college, I didn't have cable, blah, blah, blah. So there's like a middle section of Atlanta that I have not seen slash can't remember. Okay, I know that people like Phaedra and Nini uh, and Kim Zolciak, they're icons or legends. Uh, we just saw Portia just got announced uh, returning to the Real Houses of Atlanta. And I gotta say, uh, good, <laughs> because I tried watching this current season and snooze, I fell asleep. It was so bad. Uh, and then I couldn't get through it. So I'm excited for some fresh blood there. But my point is uh, about the traitors in this moment is that I am not familiar maybe with some of the ups and downs that I'm assuming Sheree and Phaedra had had on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, but I just thought it was, it was a really nice women upholding women section, uh, even though I just I can't believe that Sheree was even saved. But I did think, okay, Phaedra has been saved. Now it is up to Phaedra to decide if she wants to save Parvati, okay? And uh, not, not that, obviously, she doesn't need to save Parvati because the traders get to choose the menu item. And ideally, then, wouldn't you want a trader, you know, like, wouldn't you want less options of faithfuls? But I guess then maybe that does propose that, like, oh, so you were on the chopping block and they didn't decide to kill you. Okay, I guess I figured... I'm glad we talked that through together. Okay, I'm glad you could hear my train of thought on that one. But she doesn't 
pick parvati and headband parvati is rattled if she could squint any harder she would okay but she probably just got her eyes touched up so she can't squint all that much uh and also someone who's equally as rattled is trishel now i i i acknowledge okay it's hard being under pressure okay uh it's probably scary being a girl out in the woods like this trust me i've been a lady out in the woods before but this pick me energy i'm telling you if i was if i was a traitor or a faithful my fingers would be pointing at beret peppermint killing trishel because she is so goddamn annoying uh begging to be saved she needs it she girl doesn't everyone need it in this cast i mean the the goal is to get through this game without being killed or banished and if you're being so annoying this little meredith gray pick me energy I would want to banish you, okay? So hold on to that little beret, uh, shut up, and move on. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, we get John with the teeth from Parliament. Uh, he saves Pilot Pete. Ooh, okay. We gotta save Pete, okay? Because he's, he's driving the show, um, and I'm, I, I, he can't be on the chopping block, because I have no doubt that Parvati will take him out, and then that'll be kind of the red flag to then have her banished as a traitor, okay? Now, who I will say played this nicely is Kate. Kate is, in a way, I think, lurking in the shadows. Kate has every uh, tool in her toolbox, every play in her football playbook. Okay, I think that's a thing. Uh, every line in the script, there we go, uh, of how to, like, serve good dramatic TV that serves the traders. We saw this with season one. And I think it's really commendable. Obviously, she's, like, in later, so I, I won't doubt that she's probably a little just confused with her, like, her surroundings right now. But the fact that she is not, you know, being picked to be saved, no one wants to save her because they don't really know her as well. Um, and the other people are bitching and they're just like borderline acting unstable about not being picked. And if I was a traitor, that kind of energy would, in fact, like make me want to pick them, right? If, if you're being annoying or if you're being loud or, you know, under pressure or just acting a fool and kind of ricochet any thoughts or words to anybody around you, I would want you gone as a traitor or a faithful. And so I thought that people like Bergie and Kate are smart to just lay low, uh, chill out, and let what happens happens. If they're picked, they're picked. Um, but I, I, I don't think that them being quiet uh, is going to startle anybody in the faithfuls. I do think, though, okay, I do think that Bergie Berg is in trouble. Okay, I'm predicting they're gonna kill Bergie. Anyways, uh, before before I wrap up that, um, then Trishel, uh, we get the end of you know the people on the chopping block, and we get this dramatic Trishel versus CT. Now I do I saw some pictures of a young CT, uh, not to be so thirsty on the pod, but young CT, okay, was a surf. He looks like a bad news bears on the beach, circa 2007. Okay. I don't know where he's from. I don't know which, did the challenge or something. She's from like real world Las Vegas. I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know where these two come from. I don't know their history, but this little quarrel that they had, uh, you know, with Beret, Trishel and CT with a uh, little, uh, Corella DeVille dog, dog kidnapping outfit. I was, I was very curious as to what their backstory is. Kind of like I'm, you know, I, I think Bergie's very endearing and I haven't watched him on it's Love Island, I think. I should do that homework before I work with him. <laughs> um, but, but I'm like, I'm becoming curious as to where these people come from. And obviously we can find out because they've been on reality television. But let me tell you, this, this Trishel, you know, whining about 
CT. She is, she's such a victim. Okay. And it's so annoying. And I, again, I've said it before. I'll say it over and over again. I love women. I, I support women. Uh, I just think that, um, ever since she did that shit to Peppermint, I just don't like her. Okay. I think she, she is the epitome of like a dangerous Karen out in the world. Okay. Like she's the one claiming people are stealing from her purse or she's the one who's recording the Starbucks barista because they're out of matcha, you know, like it's that energy that I don't love. Okay. But again, that is my trauma, not yours. <laughs> I just, I, I want her gone. Okay. And I would love if maybe the traders took a swung at her and not Bergie, but I just think the move as a trader is to kill Bergie. Okay. To, to take one of Pilot Pete's posse out of the running to be America's next drag superstar. <laughs> but uh, that's the episode, y'all. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious as to see what happens. I do kind of like the traders. I think what makes it fresh and fun as, uh, you know, obviously they're kind of early on in their seasons. We're only on season two. But I love that every episode, it's not necessarily like a clear, you know, not every episode starts at breakfast. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, not every episode ends with someone being murdered. Sometimes they leave cliffhangers. Sometimes they end in the middle of the day. And then we pick up, you know, in the afternoon for the next episode. I like that it's less linear. I mean, it's linear, obviously, because it's eliminative. Uh, but it's, it's less predictable in format, which I think I enjoy. I think that's what's keeping us on our toes. The non-banishment, um, uh, little tiki, tor uh, tiki torch party in the woods. I thought that kept us on our toes. It added a different visual. It added a different element to the game. And I think I enjoyed that immensely. But that is season two, episode seven of The Traitors. What are y'all thinking? Please, I, I know a couple of you like only watch The Traitors out of the shows that I recap right now. Uh, so let me know what you think. Feel free to DM me. Okay, feel free to argue with me. If you're a Trishel stan, uh, challenge accepted, rise up, bitch. Uh, come at me. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, um, uh, please get your tickets to the Traders Dinner and Flip Phone events. I realized I didn't tell you the date. It is Sunday, March 10th. We got a seating at 4 p.m. Okay, if you got an early bedtime, it's an early dinner, let me tell you. An early dinner, 4 p.m. Uh, and then we got 7 p.m. There is a meet and greet available. Uh, I'll be there performing. Janelle and Bergie Berg. Bergalicious. You know, maybe I do Bergie and I do Fergalicious. That might be the move. Uh, <laughs> That might be the move, okay? Um, but hopefully I'll see you there. Uh, in the meantime, uh, feel free to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends if they're also traders slash reality TV fans. And I'm just about to lay down the next track for the Vanderpump Rules recap, okay? Because I'm behind on that and the Beverly Hills recap. So I'm going to take a little swig of this uh, blended mocha and I'm going to hit record. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye, queens! <laughs> I'm a drag queen. Of course I have the tea. You know what they say. If you can't make it on reality television, make a podcast about it. The stage isn't the only place I run my mouth. Bravo, queen! With Luna Muse. Nailed it.